you were a Heisman voter today, would you take one of these guys or someone else? I, I gotta say Penix. Penix is probably my favorite. I don't know what he's done with the program, right? You kind of look big picture. Washington hasn't really been a high profile football school recently, right? They, they came onto the scene a little bit last year, but that was because of him. And right. now we're talking about Washington with the Heisman candidate and being a college football playoff candidate. Uh, I think that's a big, big testament to, to Penix. I mean, he just, he's slinging it, right? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Picks by DSAC podcast, Sports Picks for Degenerates. Mr. Jack, how are we doing today? Good, man. Th- thanks, D. For uh, having me on, it's, uh, it's good that this this thing is uh, spreading across the country. You know, it's going from Arizona all the way to New Jersey. So that's uh, oh yeah, I'm glad it's getting the right clientele involved all over the the country. We had to get some smarter people on the podcast, so we had to reach out to you. But well, how's college football been treating you so far throughout the year? Yeah, no, I would say, I'd, I'd probably say I'm in the middle of the pack right now, you know, like about 50-50, typical average gambler, not not down big, not up big, but I've uh, been following like thoroughly, been to a couple games, went to a couple Rutgers games. Rutgers looks yeah. good to start the year. Rutgers getting Greg uh, Schiano back is uh, is great for the program. So I'm excited to, to see what's in store. I mean, they gave Michigan a a good run in the big house a couple weeks ago and they got uh ohio state coming in in about a month so uh hopefully they can uh, ruin their season then i would love nothing more than for Rutgers <laughs> to beat ohio state i would love no- nothing more there yeah what's been your most surprising thing about college football this year yeah so i think i gotta say it's it's got to be the the blue bloods, right? Uh, not oh. the blue bloods of college football, but uh, blue bloods of college basketball. Their their programs are uh, top twenty five, right? You're, you're talking mm-hmm. UNC, you got Duke, you got Kentucky, you got UCLA, you got Kansas. They're they're never in the top twenty five at this. I same know time when when you're talking college football. So right to see them all ranked nationally right now and getting a lot of love is that that's great to see i wonder if it's lingering effects from uh from the basketball trickling into the football program but i think that that's been a huge shock i mean to be in in week seven and have those those five programs uh still ranked is is impressive i agree i mean duke's got a really good quarterback at leonard kansas daniels looks really really good i mean it's they're relevant programs. It's crazy to just to think of it like that. Like they're football schools now. Yeah. No, I mean Drake Drake May, right? He's people are talking he's a top five prospect, right? So I mean he's got the intangibles to like kind of put a team on his back, right? Mm-hmm. And ACC is are they frauds this year? I don't know. Like is Florida State for real? It's what we'll see. Uh but I think Drake May can can kind of put the team on his back, especially with Tez Walker coming back. So it's uh, should be good to see that. Crazy how his older brother was a legend for the basketball program, and now his, right. his little brother's a legend for the football program. Full circle moment for the family. Uh, I, I want to see, see more Luke May. on. Yeah, there's another brother who plays baseball for the University of Florida, so he didn't get the memo of staying, in, staying at home in North Carolina, I guess. I want to know what their <laughs> parents are, were feeding, feeding their kids. So. Yeah, for real. That's crazy. All right, without further ado, let's get into all the top 25 matchups. First, the first big one. This is probably the biggest game of the weekend. Oregon traveling to Washington. 
Right now, Washington's favored by three points at home, and the over-under set at 67 and a half. You like anything in this game? I like the over. It's going to sound crazy, right? That number started off much lower at the beginning of the week. It started. It opened at 64. And so the fact that it's moved three points in three, four days kind of says it all what, what Vegas is thinking. I think what it boils down to is between Penix and, and Knicks, right? This is a Heisman-defining game. 100%. Right? If it's a Heisman-defining game, it's not going to be 17-14, right? 21. Yep. Yep. It's going to be – Penix is going to throw for four or five touchdowns. And Oregon's not like – it's going to be a close game, right? I mean, it's a three-point spread for a reason. So, I mean, whether Oregon gets hot early, Washington's going to fight back. It's going to be a shootout. All it's going to take is both teams to get into into the 30s and the uh, rest is history. So, I feel fairly confident with the over here. Um, I think the number should should be in the 70s, right? When Oregon played Colorado, I think, two, three weeks ago, that number was at, I think, 70, 71. And mm-hmm. I think Washington's offense is arguably just as high-profiled as, as uh, Colorado. So I, I don't see I, why you should. I completely agree with you. I don't know why this number is under 70. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about it because I'm also going to be way over on the over just like you. Last year when these two teams – Two teams played, they got into the 40s. Like you said, it's a Heisman-defining moment for both quarterbacks. And I think I think Penix is, is just going to light them up. And, and Bo Nix is too competitive to let that happen. So he's going to try to show Penix up. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be a nail-biter. I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, it's it's on right by itself, right? 3.30, nothing else before it, after. Yeah. Like, during that slot, it's going to be all our attention on that game. So that's going to that's going to be a good one. If you were a Heisman voter today, would you take one of these guys or someone else? I, I got to say Penix. Penix is probably my favorite. Uh, kind of what he's done with the program, right? You kind of look big picture. Washington hasn't really been a high-profile football school recently, right? They, they came onto the scene a little bit last year, but that was because of him. And right. now we're talking about Washington with the Heisman candidate, and being a college football playoff candidate, uh, I think that's a big, big testament to, to Penix. I mean, he just – he's slinging it, right? I mean, he's got a beautiful lefty throw, and his this is year six for him. I think uh, the experience is, is going to pay dividends and kind of – you want to see those people succeed, right, that have kind of gone through the COVID seasons and injuries. It, to see it all pay off uh, would be real exciting for him. I mean, yeah, same he, he came back next, but I just think Oregon's more of a powerhouse typically to so to see what Washington's doing fits the mold. I agree. So, are you going to be on the Washington side as well? Yeah, or are you staying away from either side. I like Washington. I just take the I money, not, not not the points. It could come down to a last minute field goal. Yeah, so right, three points. God, just take the money line. Win at home, right? It's yeah. games like this. It's going to be an intense environment, and not not easy to win up there. So Bo Nix also usually doesn't play that well on the road too. So I think Washington has the upper hand there. And like you said, Penix just looks unreal. He, he was averaging four, like 420 passing yards per game up until like a week ago. Like that's just nuts. Yeah. Those, those are video game numbers. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's literally playing video games. So in the next game we have another top 25. We have UCLA going to Oregon state. Right now where it stands, Oregon State's favored by three and a half points and the over-under set at 54. 
Do you like anything here? I like Oregon State and the points. To be honest, right, when I was doing my research on this game, I, I completely forgot DJ was in Oregon State. I thought uh, I thought he wanted to go play baseball after he left Clemson. So, and then I was you East Coast him. people. East Coast what? people never pay attention to the West Coast. It's Oregon State, <laughs> not the West Coast. It's Oregon State. Uh, but man, he's uh, he's been good this year, right? Their their running attack has been phenomenal, right? They got a one-two punch with Martinez and Fenwick and with DJ too, kind of like he's a jack of all trades. Um, he's kind of showing Clemson that uh, they, they regret letting him go and seeing the season that Clemson's having. But yeah, Clemson uh, doesn't look that good. Clemson doesn't look that good. No, for Clemson. no, not living up to the hype that uh, Dabo is. Not at all. I do. I'm staying away from the points here, the over-under, but I do like <laughs> Oregon State. Again, playing at home, I think goes a long way, right? Going – Going up up the coast, it's not easy for a warm weather team like UCLA to, to go all the way up to Oregon and try to win a game. Oregon State got that new football stadium built, and it's – I mean, they're rocking in there. They, they love their new stadium. They love their new team. I mean, it's down to the pack 2 now. You got you to support the only – one of the only teams left in the pack. <laughs> they love it up there. I'm right there with you. I, I think – I think Oregon State wins by honestly like six, seven points. I'm la- I've already laid the points with Oregon State. I also love the under though. Both these de- both these defense are actually in the top fifty of almost every statistical category defensively, and I think it's just going to be a grind out game. UCLA has a freshman quarterback going to hostile environment. I mean, he didn't do too well when he did that at Utah a couple of weeks ago. I think tonight, uh, this week will be kind of a repeat of that. I I just don't see it. Um, I don't see. UCLA being able to compete offensively against that Oregon State defense. I agree with you. So next to the Washington game, this is probably the biggest game. You ask anyone in the Midwest, it's definitely the biggest game. USC traveling to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored by two and a half points. Over under said 60 and a half. What do you like here? It might be because of my heritage and my blood, but I like the fighting Irish here, man. It's uh Really? I, I like the fighting Irish. I think this is going to be this going to be a test for. I mean, this little preview for USC going into the Big Ten next year mm-hmm. in terms of. All right, let's travel across the country in, in plain weather that we're not used to. I think it's supposed to rain in South Bend this weekend. So, yep. I, I just think Notre Dame's been battle tested the last three weeks, right between Ohio State, Louisville, Duke. They've come. They've been one and two over those two games, but they're definitely battle tested, and they don't mm-hmm. look bad, right? In those losses, right. Hartman looks really good. Hartman looks really good. Yeah, no, day. he's been he's been playing great. USC, on the other hand, right? They're they're undefeated, obviously, but the last couple of weeks it's been suspect. I mean, they they let Arizona hang around with them, had no business. They let uh, Colorado come back from down twenty plus points. They had no business. So I mean. They, they rely a lot on Caleb Williams. And he is that good. He is that good. <laughs> he's nasty. He's, he's got all the talents. And he, I mean, he's going to be number one pick. But they're right. The Notre Dame's defense is good. And it's going to be a lot to rely on on one player. Um, I think Notre Dame thinks that this is their last chance to prove something this year. It's their last mm-hmm. big, big test for the year. So I think they're going to leave it all out on the field this game. I like Notre Dame money line here. Sure. You want to just keep it safe with the money line? 
keep it safe with the money line. It's going to be close, right? Cause to your point, Caleb Williams is he's him, right? Yeah, he's not going to go away at all. No, uh, and especially nationally televised, it's right. It's uh, going to be on NBC. So I mean, he's it's showtime, and he shows up. But I think Notre Dame's defense is is very good, and I think the weather is going to impact a lot. So. Give me, give me the Irish. You mentioned the weather. That's why I'm all over the under. I, I really like the under in this game, even though it's kind of sketchy playing an under for USC with how bad that defense is. It's Next to LSU, it's probably the worst defense in Power 5. It's so bad. So a little sketchy that way. But like to your point of the weather, I don't think USC will know how to play in, in that Midwestern rain, rain. If this was the NFL, right, and we were saying a, a West Coast team was going east, we wouldn't <laughs> blink twice. Yep. giving the West Coast a chance, right? It's, yep. uh, so, I mean, I think that's that's kind of how I'm viewing it, is they, they got to go over two time zones, right? They, they got yep. a five-hour flight ahead of them. It's going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I think the Irish pull this one out. USC also just hasn't really played anyone all year. Like, they let some bad teams stick around in all their games versus, like, to your point, Notre Dame's played one of the toughest schedules in the country. And – they played some really good quarterbacks. So even though Caleb Williams is that good, I think playing those really good quarterbacks in the last couple of weeks has kind of prepped them a little bit for playing against a guy like Caleb Williams. Absolutely, yeah. So I, le- I lean with you with Notre Dame. I haven't laid anything yet, but I'm leaning towards the- Notre Dame. Yeah, I may, I may have to join join on the under with kind of selling me on. The just because of, the, just cause of the, the rain. I mean, yeah. these rainy games, I love betting unders on these rainy games. Yeah, no brainers, no brainers. So one of the last games we're going to talk about is Miami at North Carolina. Miami is currently three and a half point underdogs to North Carolina, and the over-under set at 56 and a half. This Miami team is very interesting going into this week, given what happened last week uh, with Georgia Tech. Basically had the game won. What are you, uh, what are you thinking here? Yeah, this this one's gonna be this one's gonna be interesting. I'm very curious how Miami bounces back. Whether Cristobal can can rally the troops and kind of get everyone back on track and say, "Hey, you were 40 seconds away from from winning, being five and zero this year, jumping up into the top 15 rankings for 40 seconds," or do the players look at it? Wow, this is his second time doing this, right? And mm-hmm. he did it in Oregon too. Like, this is see a bad coach. Is he a bad coach? It's it's going to be inter- It's going to really say a lot about how, how what kind of leader Crystal Ball is, mm-hmm. and uh, whether he can get these guys to to rally around him. My gut says that won't happen. To to my point earlier discussing Drake May, I think he's 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 got the talent. He could throw. He just got his number one wide receiver back, Tez Walker. Yeah. I think that's going to pay huge dividends. I think they're going to feed him a lot. Right, last week was kind of let's get them acclimated a bit. Get the rust off. This week, it's uh, I'm expecting ten to ten to fifteen targets for Tez. I think think Drake May is going to feed them, and I think uh, UNC is going to. I think they're going to run run away with it. Give you North Carolina. Yeah, minus three. If you're if you're a player at Miami, I don't know how you like get up for this coach now. Like if I was a player at Miami, my coach just basically handed a win away because they literally had the game already won. It's not like you screwed up with a defensive scheme. You had a bad game plan or something like you essentially handed away a win. 
And that's demoralizing for a 19, 20 year old kid. I mean, you're a former athlete too. You, you, I mean, it's, it's tough. Like you're, you look up to your coach and he does something like that. I mean, that's, that's tough. So I question if Cristobal basically lost his locker room after something like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But to the, to the counter, right. Uh, to mm-hmm. not the, to defend Cristobal, but right. If I'm the quarterback for Miami, why, why is there no questioning or audible? Hey, we just need to kneel. That's it. true. Let's, that's true. Let's just kneel it out. Right. Like kind of take, it's not the quarterback's fault at all, but like mm-hmm. your coach, initiative he didn't leader, take. But you're able to, you're able to question your coach, especially if you're mm-hmm. the quarterback, because you're clearly you have a different relationship. You're respected. So I'm, like again, there's this is no blame on the quarterback. It's more I'm just curious as to why he didn't want to speak up and take the game into his own hands and be like, hey, we're just gonna kneel it. We don't need to run. That's a really good point. Yeah. So if you're if you're Van Dyke, the quarterback in Miami, how do you come out this week? Like. Do you just yeah. have all – you've lost all confidence in his play calling too? Like how do you come out as a quarterback? That's a really good point. Yeah. I think if he trusted him last week, they, they kind of built a trust to that point because I think Van Dyke would have questioned Crystal Ball last week if there was some trust issues. I think that that may, that relationship maintains. I think that he's going to listen to what plays he's calling. He's not going to audible because Van Dyke at the same time, he's, he's trying to build draft stock right into the future. Yeah. So he's got to kind of be obedient, right. And uh, kind of follow the plays, execute. So, but I, I'm kind of right there with you of on top of like, does Cristobal still have this team? Even if he still had this team, I think North Carolina is just head over heels, a way better program and a way better team this year. I mean, they, they look so good. To your point earlier about Drake Bay, I mean, he looks so good to start the year. He's got a, he's had a couple turnover issues, which he didn't have at all last year, but he still looks so legit. Like he looks locked in, ready to go. Next to Florida State, they look like the best team in the ACC by a mile. Yeah, no, I mean, especially with Leonard getting hurt at Duke. I mm-hmm. mean, it looks like it's a two horse race at this point. Uh, yep, I definitely agree with you. They're they're. I mean, that's why Drake May is a top five quarterback prospect, right? He'd probably be the number one pick if Caleb Williams wasn't playing this year. Yeah. So on the big games, let's go through a little bit of review. We're both on Washington. We're both on the over in the Washington-Oregon game. Lock. Uh, we're both – lock. Lock it up. <laughs> we're, both, uh, we're both on Oregon State. You love Notre Dame minus two and a half. We both yeah. like the under in the Notre Dame game as well. And then we both love North Carolina. I think North Carolina is like the easiest yeah. bet of the week. I just I don't see why this number is so so low. Yeah, like, three for what Miami's coming off of and Duke UNC playing at home. I mean, Miami, right? Miami's under crystal ball in ACC play is one and eight against the spread. Really? That's one a that's a really good number to know. So I mean, look at you coming co- coming through with the stats. Yeah, I gotta gotta come prepared, right? It's <laughs> I can't come prepared. So, it's, love it, love it. So what is by the end of the weekend for that? So of all those, so we went over the biggest games. What's your outside of those games? What what is your favorite spread of the weekend? I'm gonna stay local with uh, my Scarlet Knights and Rutgers. They're at they're five five point favorites at home, but they get Michigan State, and uh, right they're they're going through way too much. That program they have way way too much. I don't think like talking about a disconnected locker room. I mean Michigan State is 
They're a mess. I don't They're think it gets more disconnected than Michigan State. Maybe Iowa State's the only <laughs> other one in that. Like those, I, those two locker rooms, all those, it's just all all bad. And I, I mean that that's shown the last couple weeks for Michigan State, right? I mean, yep. blown out by uh, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, the last two weeks they've lost pretty big and. I don't think that stops here. I think Rutgers is going to kind of handle them this week. I, I really like Rutgers minus five a lot, a lot. I like that too. Rutgers looks good to start the year. They, they have a they have a really ground pound defense. Uh, they've been covering spreads really well too. They got a nice cover against uh, Wisconsin last week. They, yeah. look, they look solid. They look solid. Yeah. Good teams win. Great teams cover, right? It's uh, Amen to that. Amen to that, brother. Yeah. Rutgers, Rutgers is a great team. Rutgers minus five. Lock it in. What about your favorite over/under for the weekend? It would. I'm not going to repeat the, the Oregon Washington. Really like that a that's lot. That's your favorite. That's yeah, your favorite. That that's up there. Like I said, it should be in the 70s, but being at 67, uh, no brainer <laughs> to take it. But I'll give you another one. I like. I like I, the Iowa Wisconsin under. Yeah, that thing's gotten low too. 36. So anytime I see Iowa, I don't even need a look at what the number is. I hammer the under. <laughs> Just right? blindly bet it. It's Wisconsin too. Wisconsin's not they're not USC or Colorado putting up 45 a game. It's I mean, this is going to be ground and pound. There may be more punts than points scored in, in this game. That's very true. I saw it opened up at 39 or 40 earlier in the week. It's already come down to 36, like you said. I won't be surprised if it goes if it gets down as low as like 34 points. Like yeah. I don't know how anyone could bet the bet this over. It's kind of like betting the Oregon the Oregon over. Yeah. I feel like yeah. you take the over, don't bet it at all. With Iowa, yeah. you bet the under, or just don't bet it at all. Yeah, don't, don't yeah, don't think about it. Don't think twice. Yeah. It's, it's a done over thing. I mean, it's it's too bad because Iowa's looks like Iowa's assist, uh, offensive coordinator is probably going to get fired this year. Have you seen that thing about him having to average twenty five points a game? Yes, I did see. That. Yeah, and I, I, it doesn't look like they're going to do that. So, yeah, no, coach, no. coach's son is probably going to be bye bye after this year. Twenty five points this year? Yeah, no. In the non conference, they scored over twenty eight at least at least once. Tw- I think yeah. twice, but they're at last I looked, they're averaging twenty two and a half points per game. So they got a two and a half point window that they gotta make up in the in the Big Ten, wherein I mean you you have an offense that doesn't stay on the field very long to begin with, and then mm-hmm. their quarterback got hurt a couple of weeks ago. Like it's it's not looking good for that offensive coordinator. That poor guy. He better start looking elsewhere. Maybe he's got to start looking at maybe some junior colleges or something. Yeah. I love the under in that game too. So now here comes the best segment of the show. It's also the best because we have yet to hit one. We are 0 for 6 on this so far, Jack. Wow. We are 0 for 6. We've had multiple weeks where we get one of them. An underdog parlay, when you give one and I give one, we have yet to hit one of these all year. All right. That all being right. said, when this hits this week, got to come back next week. Yeah. That's yeah, the I'm rule. Fine. I got it. I got it. So um, what, without further ado, what's your, what's your pick for the underdog money line parlay? Yeah. So vouch uh, for me first. Last I mm-hmm. saw, Jalen Daniels is not going to play this week. He's hurt. Last I, last I heard, he is not. Give me the Cowboys. They uh, look, okay, State at home. I like Oklahoma They look good State. last week, too. They look good against um, Kansas State last week, too. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I think there's something about, right? something about playing at home against an in-conference game mm-hmm. versus a backup quarterback. I mean, this, this smells Oklahoma State. Just storming the field after, right? It's 
between even though they shouldn't because they're going to beat a backup quarterback and Kansas is not a football school and they're ranked 24th. But, hey, they're ranked 24th. Oklahoma State hates Kansas. So, I mean, they're going to they're gonna pull this one out. I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. So, for mine, I'm going to the uh, bottom of the barrel, you could say. There's two – so two good teams play against each other with Georgia Southern and James Madison University. They're two mm-hmm. good teams – James Madison's undefeated. Georgia Southern's 4-1. and one. But I think Georgia Southern pulls this out and upsets James Madison at James Madison. If there's wow. one thing that Georgia Southern does, it's they throw the living shit out of the ball. Our top five in the country at throwing the ball and, pa- and passing downs. And James Madison is ranked 131st, and they're 133 Division One FBS programs. Yeah. So because of that, I think Georgia Southern is going to throw the ball all over the field and get this outright win as a six-point underdog at James Madison. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's quite the stat. Though. We had to go that, deep. I mean, that, that smells victory. I mean, just <laughs> between Georgia Southern and uh, Oklahoma State, you could say we're uh, being a little lucky. lucky. So if we parlay both those together, our odds come out at 549. Oklahoma State's a plus 120. Georgia Southern's a plus 195. So we get plus – 549 odds. I love it. I'm, so I'm, that's I'm pretty, putting in the bet right now. I'm putting in the bet. As I love, we, and what, when it hits, we'll bring you back next week. That's, yeah, I'm going to fly out to Tampa or Tucson. You let me know. and uh, Oh, I'm with that. I'm with that. With my winnings. That way we could do it in, uh, in person. I like that a lot. Well, Mr. Jack, thank you so much for being here. Gave out a lot of good winners today. Got anything yeah. else you want to say to the audience? Just just make sure you take them. Those are all locks. You'll, you'll regret them when uh, those all come out winners. So, uh, But don't come back to me if the, they're all losers. So, <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe. Helps us out.